Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here, and we have the one and only Dennis Youssef, and this is the PM Growth Expert Show. It is a video podcast, and we do a full audio stream version on iTunes podcast, but also for those Dennis Android users, you also can get this podcast on Podbean as well. So today we have special guest Matt Tandy. Now, Matt's very, very special. Now, Matt is from, he's a Californian, very proud Californian, and he's from a place called Riverside. Now, Matt, you have also spent some time, not only in Australia, not only have you spent time in Adelaide, where I'm from, and for everyone else, just think of the middle of Australia at the bottom, and but also, Matt, you spent time in the town that I grew up in, which is Wyala, which is about four hours drive. Um, what can I say? It's, it probably resembles something out of New Mexico. Would you agree? Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's not jellyfish littering the, the crappy beach in New Mexico because they don't have a beach. But we, got but, seaweed, we got seaweed littering the, cra the crappy beach instead, if you remember. So, Natalie <laughs> doesn't have the guns either. You know? <laughs> anyway, let, let's move on. But Matt um, has uh, is quite an you know, impressive background. He's managed um, 14 offices across the United States, over 11 states, with three and a half thousand doors or a thousand managements a thousand properties depends on which country you're from so quite an impressive um background and track record there matt but before we get started just want to give a quick plug promo to our exclusive partners myconnect.com.au so uh um they are a if you're with a utility connections company and it's not myconnect you are dealing direct with the power companies, which means you're lacking choice, alrighty? MyConnect can get you connected and your tenants, your owners, your clients connected to a number of different services. So go to myconnect.com.au. Have a chat to those guys. They're some of the best uh, service people that we have ever come across. Dennis, we visited their head office in Melbourne. Uh, I mean, very, very impressive. But anyway, Dennis, over to you. Yeah, Matt, mate. Um, thanks for coming on to the show. It's 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 awesome having a um, uh, an experienced realtor from the United States onto one of our um, podcasts. So thanks for taking the time out of your day. What time is it for you now? It's uh four seventeen p.m. Four seventeen p.m. on Monday, and it is in Brisbane time. It is you know ten seventeen a.m. Tuesday. We're so, half an hour ahead of that here in Adelaide. Yeah, it's about the Monday only time Tuesday. Adelaide's ahead of um, anyone else in the country, Darren, is daylight savings, the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Dennis. Move on. <laughs> and, and all of our Adelaideans have just switched off from the podcast. Um, but, um, yeah, look, I'll, I'll send through the lotto numbers for you as well, okay, uh, Matt? So really appreciate Please. you popping in and um, spending some time with you. It's always great you know, connecting with you um, when we're over in the States. Now, um, when we were there in November at the Door Grow Live event, you couldn't turn up and there was a reason why. What was that? Uh, my wife was pregnant. She said I wasn't allowed to travel anymore. She so, was going to have a baby in a month. Yeah, you it was quite close. So congratulations. Um, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, well done for that. The, uh, I was a bit disappointed that um, Dennis wasn't used as a name, but um, I've just gotten over that now. It's okay. 
Well, you know, I, I really pushed for a dentist, but my wife said that's a terrible name for a girl. So, <laughs> okay, if we're going to get into the terminology of Turkish, to Deniz is how you pronounce my name. It is a male and female name, but we won't go there, okay? Don't worry about it. All good. So, um, Matt, why did you join real estate? What was it? Did you, is that something that you um, were driven to do out of school, or um, what happened? You know, I had I had been a financial advisor and stockbroker uh, early on in my professional career, and then my parents had got sick, uh, or my father got sick. So my wife and I decided we sorry about that. My wife and I decided that we would move up to uh, to Utah, which is where my father was, be close to them. During that time, uh, of course, I, I left what I was doing and I uh, went back to uh, university and. Uh, just for kicks, did something pointless with my degree. And uh, during that time, I was doing tech support for Dell on the side. Okay. And uh, and I, we bought our first rental. Uh, we bought an up-down duplex. We lived in the upstairs, uh, my wife, and, uh, and then we rented out the basement. And that went well, that was our first introduction. There were some caveats. It was apparent I had no idea what the legal laws were on everything. Uh, and then I was looking for uh, new employment and ended up uh, through a friend who I met in Australia. Uh, he was doing investments out in California. His investment partner had a son <laughs> and we connected and that's how the first company started. So I uh, kind of fell into it. I wanted to do real estate, wanted to do investments and uh, property management was a good fit. And uh, so that's, that's how we got into it. Yeah, so you, you've got, we're going to talk about, um, you know, your previous company as well as your current company, uh, because, you know, certainly they both um, have got some um, great results. And, um, you know, I'm sure that listeners would be really interested to hear it. But if you could share with us um, your, you know, your current situation, your current office location and, and how that's set up, because we will certainly get into and, and discuss, you know, your, your last office as well. But um, if just your situation now, you know, your location, your type of office, sales and property management. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, our office is located in Riverside, which is a town it, you could think of it as a as the next metropolis east of LA north of San Diego it's if you have LA you have San Diego and then you have Riverside right here it's a triangle okay. uh, and really all three have grown into one giant metropolis um, everybody feels the area is better uh, such as life uh, but really, we cover a pretty big area. In Southern California, we cover over 8,000 square miles, so about 21,000 square kilometers. Wow. Uh, and so we have our Riverside office, which is our, our headquarters. Uh, we have an office in a mountain community resort, which is very different. It's uh, typically a vacation rental area, but we have an office in a place called Big Bear, uh, which is a ski resort. Um, uh, and uh, we have about 85 doors up there. Uh, and then uh, we just opened up an office in Orange County. And actually just today, uh, had someone uh, that we've been working with and wants to come on board and open our uh, office out east. It's sending us out a little further into a place called Coachella, which is Palm Springs, Palm Desert. There's lots of Frank Sinatra and all that used to be education out there. Um, no idea why it's like 130 degrees. I don't know what that is, uh, Celsius. It's really, really hot. 
<laughs> like insanely hot for like uh, months. Uh, we opened up a Colorado Springs office and we uh, were getting ready to open up uh, Nevada. Wow. Okay, so you, you're certainly turning on some, um, being prepared for some super growth um, in your current business. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so um, it, it's quite spread out, Darren. How does that make you feel that they're going to be driving more than 15 minutes for an appointment? Well, I did actually notice, Matt, that you uh, liked our recent post where we were discussing, uh, it was just, a, just a, a humorous meme on a property manager uh, being questioned at a, at a, at a car service you know getting their car service and the technician was questioning there's something wrong here you've you've got a hundred thousand kilometers and your car's only that you know only six months old and she's yes i'm a property manager so when you like that i i get it but that's a lot of lot of travel a lot of time sitting on a seat in a car not effectively doing property management so uh uh are you saying we're not you can hear my criticism coming through about time spent in a car as opposed to time spent managing property yeah <laughs> well let's be clear here in terms of how we do things is that the area was smaller when formatic first started of course and it was just me so as you have people i, I can go into what i call the hub and spoke model that i've developed but uh as areas naturally organically grow you hire someone within those areas and that expands out you know that area now you're growing out over here and when you hire someone here, you get another circle extended out. Yeah, so that's absolutely. How yeah, yeah. So it's all it's all managed, yeah, from a from a base. But you know, well done. I mean, eight thousand square uh, miles uh, is is huge. And I can imagine is it is it mostly desert out there? No, uh, you know, Riverside is is just an average temperate area. You know, average everything um, does get a little hot. Uh, probably about uh, forty five Celsius or something like that. Uh, yeah. about 120 uh, for about a week or two. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, from Riverside is great because I can take a 45 minute to an hour 10 drive up into the mountains and go snow skiing. And then that same day, I could go drive 45 minutes the other way and go to the beach where it's going to be 75 <laughs> degrees all year round. So, and I can go hiking. I can go into a desert. I could go out to sand dunes in 45 minutes, you know, desert sand dunes. It's a really diverse area in a very, very small that is geographic, no, relatively small. Yeah, that's certainly crazy. So, I mean, if you, you know, if you were to give yourself some advice when you first, you know, started in real estate, knowing what you know now, what, what would that be? You know, you're tapping yourself on the shoulder, you turn around and it's you looking at yourself. What, what advice would you give yourself? Document, 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 and then systematize. I, the, uh, there's a lot that you're never going to, you know, it's impossible to get everything right, right out of the way. Uh, in fact, I was talking with some other managers today. We were all laughing about stories that I'm not going to publicly record of our mistakes <laughs> as we all started. Um, but it comes down to the most important thing. Yes, is improving your knowledge of legalities and things like that. But when you hire that first person, that second person, you always think, I'll worry about it then. Yeah. And uh, should have been doing it right away. And uh, it's painful trying to go in because now you're not just you wait too long and uh, now you're trying to not just document you're also trying to fix everything that's uh, that's not done right and yeah. now you're changing people's habits who you trained so yeah. documentation and systemization yeah okay so that's interesting so you know with regards to those pain points you you, you know you know the pain points 
that will incur. So you, you know, you put a system in place to avoid it, you know, whether it's a property sitting vacant too long or learning to answering your business inquiry as a priority, you know, so um, with, with those and on those pain points, what, what would be your, you know, top strategies? What, how, what would the top strategies be if you were to start a rent roll from scratch today? You know, with that same knowledge that you've got now, you've gone through all those pain points, you've done your documenting, you know that's what you should do first. So what would be your, your key strategies in growing a rent roll from zero, like zero doors? Well, so I, I do have some unique perspective on this, Dennis, because, you know, I had the one company yep. that, uh, that we grew, and then I left it all to start from zero. So... Yeah. I will say, going just stepping back for a moment, that I still didn't document as well the second time as I should have. So, you know, knowing and executing aren't exactly the same thing. But what did I do different? And, and it's made a big difference in our client profile too, is uh, starting from zero, uh, is that the first thing I did was network. Uh, I've never lived in Riverside in my life, never lived in California before I started uh, for Matic here. Uh, and the, uh, what I knew it was a good area. And so I tied into the investor clubs, uh, the foreign investor, buy investor clubs, uh, which is really handy. Now it's mostly people who do wholesale deals or flip deals. You know, they're flipping houses. They think they're cool or they want to be cool like that. Uh, so getting in there and it's a, it's a longer slog. Uh, but now we get a lot of referrals from that. We get a lot of business and these are investor clients. They're not people who just had to move out of their childhood home and they don't want you to paint their, their room. Uh, so that, that'd be number one is find an investor club and it's not going to pay off right away. It's going to take a while. Yeah, so, uh, so that's a, those pipelines with strategic alliances, you know, without relying on a, a sales agent to refer a, an investor to you that's purchased a property you're digging in prior to them even calling a sales agent. That's right. So, you know, I, I look at it as there's, there's different funnels or, whatever you want to call it, or silos, I call them silos, but or channels, but you have your short-term, mid-term, and long-term payouts. Yeah. The networking is long-term. You may get a few things in the, in the first couple months, hey, that's great, but you're really trying to build up that base that is going to sustain you with much less effort and much less expense. Uh, you're trying to build that out from the beginning. Now, the trick is that you still have to do get stuff up front, and for that, you know, a lot of places say, oh, you know, write down a list of all your families and friends and stuff like that. Well, that doesn't work. It's uh, none of my family's around here. All my friends are poor. So <laughs> it's, it's not going to work out. But the, uh, you know, paid leads, you're going to, one of the things I see, guys, is that when I see, I'm sorry, when I look on all these groups online and I participate in things and begin to these discussions of, oh, what would you do different? They say, oh, I would be much more sad. I wouldn't take any clients like this or, you know, paid leads are the devil and all these other things. Well, look, that's all fine and dandy to talk about when you're standing up on top of the mountain that you climbed and, but have those guys go back and start from scratch. Yep. And the reality is, is that if you don't have a big bank behind you that you can kind of coast along, you don't have a working spouse, then you need to take a little funding and you got to do those paid leads. Why? Because paid leads are competitive. They, they're more price sensitive, they're difficult, they have a higher failure rate, but they're people who need it right now. Yep. And so if you're trying to build your base, you need to build that now 
while working on getting away from that. So I say, don't toss out anything, take, take what you can and just look at short term, mid term, long term. And, and so the short answer is, is that network investigators build a great website. So you look great and then do paid leads. Yeah, cool. So just to explain what the paid leads are for the Australian and New Zealand listeners, that's oh, you you don't know, know that. obviously companies out there that will send you um, a mum and dad investor and you um, do the listing presentation, you win the presentation, you may have to pay them one week's let in Australia. But uh, I mean, in the United States, you're actually paying for the actual lead. You know, you may not even get the listing and you've still got to pay for it. So, uh, yeah. okay. so you're getting the lead, you've got to pay here. If you get the result, then you pay. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah like Google AdWords. So Google AdWords, you know, you've got to pay per click and pay per view if you ever try to get on Google, same concept, but there's companies out here that uh, that will pay top dollar to be the top one on there. And then they come to the man property managers in that area and say, pay to be top in our list. So it's like a search engine and a search engine. It, it's kind of messed up. Everyone hates it. Everyone thinks you shouldn't do it. And yet it's a dead simple way to grow fast. Yeah, look, and when we're talking about, you know, um, surely, you know, I totally agree with you. You've got to take on whatever business you can until you start building, you know, that uh, the bank behind you as you worded it, um, and, you know, and, and have a number. So um, there's quite a few people I've trained um, that at the end of each year, we look at the, the list, we look at 10% of a rent roll that we may potentially either sell off or we may, you know, or whatever the number is or, or we'll terminate. So it, we, we, we set a number, I add some, and then, and then uh, let's say I'll use 100 as an example. I say, okay, let's get to 110, then you can get rid of five. You know, that's how we do it. So you, you, you rotate it and you can um, funnel it that way as well. So, um, and there's certainly other means and ways of doing it. So now oh, I want to talk about some more systems, if that's okay. I mean, you, obviously you, you're getting some big growth that's starting to come in now. Uh, but, you know, previously you had some super growth, you know, and there was a lot of pain points that you're talking to Darren and I about, uh, obviously um, pain of, you know, having a BDM, no BDM, the, the calls coming in, et cetera, and how to deal with it, whether it's the property manager doing the calls or local. So can you, you know, dig into that a, a little bit for us? So when you got super growth, you know, did you have a BDM in place? You were it, but there's only so much you can do when you've got so many offices. Yeah, yeah. So when it's just one office, it's easy to kind of handle all internal. And if you're a small management company and and that's all you really want to be, then it that's fine. You can work within those metrics. But as if you want to grow, even if it's just a single location that's getting really big, there just comes a limit to, you know, it's the classic dilemma. There's still only so many hours in the day, right? So the other part is that, so as we grew, we did try to get the managers in other cities to take the calls, to follow up on the leads, to do these things. And sometimes they do well, sometimes they didn't. But most time, even the ones who did well, they would do well for a couple of weeks, maybe a month or two. And they'd be excited and we, we'd get excited with it, oh, this is it. And then it, and then it just falls flat. Because... Yeah managers out there, you know, all of a sudden there's a bad uh, series of maintenance issues or things like that. And they're not calling those leads, they're not taking care of things when they need to happen. Uh, and frankly, they just stop caring. Uh, they start getting picky. They start complaining about why am I going out to a, an appointment where I'm not getting paid to go out to the appointment when they may not even sign. And we try to tell them, 
hey, you should go listen to some sales guys <laughs> and learn how to sell more so it's less of a problem. But it's hard because it's not a primary source of income, even though it does benefit them long term. So in the end, we found that the best option wasn't to rely on the local people to the local managers to be the experts in sales services in the area. It was for us to uh, have a single person, someone who's trained as a BDM, to call in those areas, to call Colorado from Utah or whatever the case may be. And we never say we're in Colorado. We never say we aren't, that kind of thing, right? So, you, you know, if they ask, you're always truthful. That's always important. Uh, but, you know, you get familiar. You can look at a map. You see enough houses on uh, the internet. You're going to figure out what, th what good areas are, are and aren't in there. And uh, just become really good at it. And so we found that local managers were closing between 5 to 10% of, uh, of, of deals when they were 100% in charge of it. Whereas if we kicked it off and we did everything and maybe all we had to do was send them out to a finalization appointment, uh, then we would close uh, 20 to 30%. So, so you created basically a, um, a BDM call center um, that then would be doing your, your chasing for the business. And then um, if they didn't close online or over the phone, you would send out the specific property manager to meet the client at the house. Correct. Yep. 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 So, I mean, look, Darren, I mean, we, we've always said, you know, yes, property managers can list properties and we'll all recognize that. And they've done it for years, you know, but when you've got a specific BDM that is trained on sales, that's trained on negotiating, that, that, that is a hunter that, that is driven to, to win the business and they enjoy the chase and they don't have to worry about, the hot water systems, the arrears, this, that, and the other, it's not dragging them down. Um, they will do the chase and you will win more business that way. And obviously that's a big increase. You know, you're talking about over 20% increase in um, a percentage of listings. Yeah. Well, and, and I wanted to clarify something here because you'll help people say, Oh, well I close 80% or 9% of the, of my business development. And I'm talking about total lead volume in when you have paid leads and referral leads and stuff. Look, referral leads, it, almost anyone can close it. They're not, you know, 90% of them. But we're talking about barely above dead warm leads, right? So yeah. these are the things that we're talking about, the difference between 5 to 10% or 23%. Once you get them on the phone, usually you close 80% of those. But it's getting them and going through them. And, and yeah, it's a massive increase just because it's a lot easier to train one or two people than it is to train every single manager who's also dealing with other things in their lives. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, yeah. And, you know, uh, I guess I want to add as well with property managers is that, you know, I see officers making the mistake of, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll cut the workload back of the property manager, say, you know, half a portfolio size and we'll get them also being the BDM, but they don't, they fail to realize they think, well, actually now property management is half the workload, but it's not the intensity of it and the momentum of it. All the things that happen are still going to fill that brain space a hundred percent. And there is nothing left for them to, to, uh, to, to be able to think or focus on with new business. It's still not going to work. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I agree. Yeah. yeah, totally agree. So, um, Matt, you know, bank rings you up and they tell you that, dude, we're shutting you down at the end of the week if you don't list 10 properties. You know, we need 10 active properties coming on into your books or we're going to have to close the doors. You know, what are you doing? What, what do you jump out and do? 
first thing is I changed banks because my bank shouldn't have that kind of control in my life. <laughs> Boy, uh, that's a good response. <laughs> <laughs> you know, choose your partners, right? But hey, let, let's say I couldn't because uh, who knows why. All right, so using this scenario, first things first, of course, contact your, your network, contact your existing clients, tenants, whatever you have to do. Um, you know, a lot of your tenants still know people who own homes and own rental properties, so yeah. they can still be a great resource if your tenants like you. So that, that's a key thing. Uh, you know, the owners, some of them will have other properties. Maybe they've acquired some, maybe, you know, there's always a few clients who have a few properties that they thought is outside the area or they're going to give to you after they tested you out and uh, they just got too busy. And so if you reach them, so yeah, contact all your clients, reach out to your investor networks if you've been uh, doing the best things. And then I'd say, you know, promotional pricing. Again, look, do I normally recommend promotional pricing? No, but this goes back to, uh, I think it would kind of like a garden, guys, is that when you have time and times are good, you can cultivate a very nice garden of all your favorite vegetables that maybe are a little bit difficult to grow, but it's gonna be fantastic. Mm. But if you're starving, then you're gonna plant anything that can grow and hopefully grows, even if it tastes like crap, at least it grows and gets you going through there. So yeah, I would do promotional pricing. I would, uh, anything I have that's in uh, make ready uh, period or turn status, I'd get that rolling out to make sure that we got them going. I do whatever it took. I'd do management at a flat fee for half price if, that, if it was between shutting down uh, in a week and, uh, and staying going. I can always weed the crap out later. You know, you've, you're creating a promotion, you're getting on the phone uh, and you're changing banks. That's certainly, um, you know, uh, three things that I've taken out. I do apologize. My computer fan's starting to belt at me. It's been sitting up on the dash. And I'm it's thinking that might be a problem with the heat. That's for sure where you are in Brisbane anyway. I've tried putting my, um, yeah, I've yeah. Tried putting the, the, my computer bag behind it to keep the sun off it but it's, it's booming over and I've now got my computer sitting in front of the air conditioner. So yes, I'm actually, I, I'm, I'm in my car, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's my, uh, my office for Another the Another story, we got, we got uh, yeah, getting um, good internet strength at, um, home, at your new home in Brisbane has been a real challenge, so. It has, it yeah. has, so I do apologize for this, but anyway, I'm, I'm cooling my computer down now, so it's good. So um, that's, um, sorry, I'm just getting the fans down. <laughs> for it so yeah look uh, it's about being proactive so the, the question that i'm going to ask matt is it's interesting that we'll jump on the phone start making calls start doing specials but running a business and having a bdm shouldn't we be doing that anyway isn't, isn't that what we should be doing each week getting on the i'm not saying you know um being desperate to get the, the business but you know um if we want to get 10 managements a week i'm sure that we could make it happen if we really put our mind and focus to it and having a BDM to jump on board and do that can, can do that. Yeah. I mean, the, with my first company, I keep in mind when it's, there's always low hanging fruit in any market. So one way to close more is just expand your market and get the low hanging fruit. Um, but you know, on my peak year uh, with my last company, when I was in charge of all the business development, uh, I closed uh, just shy of a thousand properties uh, in in one year, so it can be done. Um, and you know, but what did I do all day? Uh, call, you know, just picking the phone. I, I will say that that much calling was tedious. Uh, it was uh, I can't say it's my favorite thing in the world, but I, I sure liked closing. I liked the results. Yep. Uh, 
you know, and there's a, there's a really great book, book, and I can't remember the name of it right now. <laughs> it's basically all about sales and about how all these things try to sell you on, on uh, the new thing, you know, it's uh, one way or the other, you know, you got to do these postcards or you got to do it this way or use this list or use this social media. And all those things are great. But the uh, number one thing you have to do is just get on the phone. If you don't get on the phone, all your inbound marketing, it's not going to be as effective. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it sucks. You just got to do it. I think yeah. a good BDM on the phone will beat a good social media or marketing campaign any day. And I agree. Yeah. The most effective way. Social media is a lot more fun, but on the phone is where the money happens. Yeah. yeah. Certainly having a combination of the two and, and three and four is, is, you know, very beneficial for you. So uh, where would 80% of the business be coming in for you? I mean, a thousand doors, you know, in a 12 month period, you know, so you, you know, I know that you just said that you're picking up the phone and you're making those calls, but where were you getting the leads from, Matt? Where, what, what was happening there? Because, you know, to get a thousand doors that, uh, you know, we're talking 4,000 phone calls. Yeah. You know, so, so where, where were you getting these names and emails and, and things from? Were you, were you buying a list? Is that something that happened? Yeah, so that mainly came from a combination of paid leads uh, and referrals. So uh, part of the low-hanging fruit is when you have a thousand or so clients, then you're going to have a lot more referrals that you can make happen. Uh, yeah. So that kind of feeds. Uh, now, to be clear, it sounds big, right? I mean, oh, I, if you get a if you got a hundred referrals in a year, most any business person would think business development manager might think this is amazing when you're factoring that over 10 locations and you know a couple thousand uh, different owners is that really a great number well probably it's it's okay so but it's just a, a volume game at that point so yeah. it's uh it kind of fed into it where you know now i'd say 80 percent of everything i do comes from networking uh with investors and our current clients uh but uh you know we still do paid leads on the side and with uh, the first company we did, paid leads, a lot of paid leads, and uh, from different methods. Uh, AdWords, uh, a company called uh, allpropertymanagement.com, which is one of those resellers um, of leads. And then uh, there's a few other services out there. So, you know, try a little bit of everything. And, uh, you know, I will say that sometimes people get hung up in, and again, how would I put this? I just think that a lot of things, there's just always this elitist of, I want to do this, or I want to do that again, or I'm above this, and, you know, it's, uh, or I hate that lead source. Look, I just want to grow, right? So, as long as I'm not losing money, if I spend $5,000, and I only get $5,000 back in from it for every $5,000, and it's break even, great, I'll do that. Because, I mean, assuming I'm accounting for labor and everything, great, to me, I'll, I'll do that. I'm going to pay for that, because eventually, those people can turn into referral sources or they'll buy more investment properties or it gets my brand out there for a net difference of zero dollars right so you know take what you can get obviously if you have limited resources put it towards the best method but uh you know i'd say networking is your key for the for long-term health yeah cool that's awesome so matt with um let's say you're out there at listing appointment the owner says well you know why should we go with you and not your competitors down the road. What, what are some of the points of difference that you use that convinces people to go with you? 
Uh, you know, one thing, and it, it's completely, completely lame, guys, but the, the, it is convenient to, when people say, how long have you been in business? Everyone hears that, right? Well, how long have you been in business? You can always say, well, we have combined 20 years or things like that. You hear those phrases. Um, you have different ways of getting around it. It's nice that I can say, well, I've managed like 4,000 doors. So I'm one of the most experienced managers in the country, right? So at that point, it establishes credibility. I mean, frankly, I also grow this goatee, which makes me look at least 15 years older. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, without it, I look like I'm still a freshman in college, and that's why I grow it. But no, the big things are, uh, is that it's not the numbers. It's being able to talk with confidence and experience. Stories are a great way to sell. And if you don't have little anecdotes and little stories, I know Darren and Dennis heard you guys uh, several times. So I know that you tell little stories and examples of things. Yep. Experience. And that sells, right? It's yep. an emotional connection. So it's one thing to tell when an owner asks you, uh about uh swimming pools in the backyard and liability it's nothing to tell a story it, to say why they shouldn't worry about it or why you know why you should uh do these things so i have lots of stories i'm a story person my family says i tell too many stories uh and that's that's okay so the other thing is that you want to come across as an expert whatever it is maybe you're not an expert in everything right away and no one's going to be an expert in everything ever but find a niche in your property management and become an expert in that initially so that you can sound knowledgeable. And really, I feel that the reason why I can close so well with clients is that I don't do heavy sales pitch things, you know, got to do this or got to do that and say this keyword here. It's because I believe in giving information and I'm an expert in analysis. I'm an expert at uh, optimizing portfolios and properties. And I can say, you know, that look, if you do these things, then this is the likely result. So in fact, my company name, Formatic, comes from formula and automatic. When you have lots of properties, you can do A-B testing. Property management is kind of funny because I know it's bigger in Australia, but here in the US, only recently have there become really big companies. Uh, and so most property management was on the side to sales and still is in large part. And so you have these people who are doing 20, 30, 80, 150 doors and everybody has ideas of well this is how I do it and it works great or this is how I do it and when you dive into it I'm a big research guy when you dive into it I find that a lot of that is just a cult of personality where it's by sheer force of that person's willpower that they make that method work but it's not scalable mm -hmm. and if it's not scalable that means it's hard to apply it universally to other property managers even outside of your company so I call it horse wisdom. I'm not sure what the right phrase would be, but it's things that sounds good, they make you feel good, but put to the test at scale, at a large scale, you could they could just be a statistical anomaly. Hmm. Uh, and Interesting. Yeah, so I'd say formula and automatic is that if you do certain things, take the time. Take some of your properties with your owner's permission and test, should you do the late fee on this day or that day? When's the right time to do this or that? And then track the results. You can track just about anything. Uh, and so you do that. You're going to be able to then go back to an owner when they say, well, my, my manager before always did this. And you say, well, first off, you're talking to me because you're firing them. So obviously they're not great. But the second thing is, let me explain. Say, owner, that's a great concern because you never invalidate their concerns. 
Acknowledge the concern. Uh, that's one of the things I always believe in doing. Acknowledge the concerns because it's a big investment their home is. And then say how you handle that concern. Um, what you so, got, yeah, you know, the big difference is, is, go ahead. I was just saying what you've got in place in your office, what system you've got in place so that doesn't happen um, in your office, whatever their concern is. Matt, Matt if we can... If we can, um, if we can just move on to the next question, is that all right? Just with, um, so, okay. So you've obviously got a fee structure. You need to get that fee structure because you've got, you know, you've worked out that's what we need to manage the property. The owner said to you, well, look, there's a really cheap agent down the road. If you can match your management fee with the other agent, we'll go with you. What's, what's your best response to that to bring them back to signing up at your fees? How do you deal with that? Uh, so, I'll tell you exactly what I say as if you're a person on the phone. So, you know, Darren, uh, there's a lot of companies out there that fit a lot of different markets. Uh, you know, everybody has their niche. Now, Formatic is a high, is a performance-based, high-level professional management firm. We never call ourselves a company, we're a firm. So, yeah. so, the, you know, there are other companies out there run by amazing people. I know many of these people, Darren, and some of them try to be a jack of all trades and that's okay, they're experts at none, but they do a fine job. There's others that are cut rate management companies. If you just want someone to collect the rent, then that, those fees make sense. Yeah. However, we're, the people come, we're who the people come to and even other managers send when there's a really big problem and it needs to be fixed right, or when people are ready to look at the long-term maximization of their returns. And so our fees are based off of doing extra things, doing those extra inspections, doing the 360 video inspections, doing uh, all this documentation, keep you in the loop. Uh, it has, we have a seven point guarantee that we give you a month of free management if you screw up. Now, if you want that assurance, if you want that peace of mind, these are our fees. We can't really match them. But again, the other companies are great, Darren. And, and if you just need someone to collect the rent and you just want to, you, you're going to kind of do things your own way, then I'm going to recommend you go with them. I think they'll be a great choice. And I can even recommend a few if you want. Okay, that's a good response. Like it. I like it. Get what you pay for. Yeah. Very nice. But never, never knock the other people. Now, well done. You, you, you spun that one very, very well. Dennis, your turn. Yeah, so um, you've got a BDM now. Um, Good old Tyler. We, um, I've met him a couple of times now. Obviously, we all caught up in Lake Tahoe and then we saw him at the door grow event that you weren't allowed to go to, but we all understand why. Um, what, what, what KPIs have you got in for him? Um, you know, what tasks have you got him doing to, you know, some examples of things that you've got him doing to grow the, get more doors on? Yeah, so we track things such as the cost per lead, cost per close lead, cost per lead by source and cost per close lead by source. So this goes back to, you know, I'll invest in anything that's, that's at least break even, but I want to at least make sure it's break even. Um, Money. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So the, uh, those are, to me, those are the big things. And then there's uh, out of that, you have how many uh, leads have come in, what's closing, uh, what's expected closing the next week. What's the dollar value. I call it the, everyone has their own different value, but I call it the two year value of a property, uh, the base value, which is, I just count base management fees. I don't count uh, lease fees or let fees. You call them let fees. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, those are the kinds of things that I, that we track. Yep. And then we have systems in place to track them. Yeah, and what have you, what, what are some examples that you've got Tyler doing 
to, to chase for business? Uh, well, again, these days, most of what we do is from uh, networking, networking investment clubs. Uh, so he goes to those. In fact, that's how I found him. He was a guy I met in there. Some of the best people I work with uh, that, that have come under the Formatic fold, I met through the Real Estate Investor Clubs. Yep. Uh, and uh, so building those relationships. Uh, outside of that, we do have some paid leads that uh, we do. And so it's just a matter of hitting them as soon as they come, uh, having form letters, having automation, uh, just getting things taken care of quickly, uh, and then uh, putting the systems in place. We are actually reworking our systems right now. Actually, I was talking with you guys. I, I did end up going with HubSpot, so we're uh, develop, redeveloping our, uh, we're enhancing our uh, lead capabilities in terms of uh, keeping things all in one. Right now, they're spread out over five different systems. Sure. Uh, but yeah, he's he's tracking those things. He's making the calls and uh, sending the emails, and of course, you know, he's he's listening to what the advice I have for him, and he's uh, he's a great listener. And he's cool. a great doer. Yeah, excellent. So um, what's your goal for the next 12 months? So what, what, what is the goal for the company over the next 12 months? 12 months? Yep. Uh, let's see here. So we just opened Colorado Springs. Uh, we're about to bring someone on out in another office in Coachella. Uh, open up Las Vegas in the next three to four months. Uh, and then uh, I have, I'm planning on opening up our first international office, uh, Mexico City, Mexico, end of the year. I uh, already have uh, some people down there for uh, working on that. Uh, and then uh, I haven't set the other office locations, but I want to do two more office locations. So to open up four offices this year, minimum four to six is the goal with one international. A lot of growth there, that's for sure. So uh, I think, Dennis, we're going to be keeping our eye on this guy. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. it certainly will be. I mean, uh, maybe, I mean, Darren and I are going to... Um, Las Vegas um, uh, next month, so maybe we could keep an eye out some for some office spaces for you. <laughs> maybe at the, at the Mirage Hotel, of course. <laughs> that, that, that's where all the good property managers are. Great. <laughs> that's where they will be next month, anyway. Let's let, clarify. Hold on, just to clarify for the Australian and New Zealand people, we are there for work. We are there for a conference. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's straight after Virginia at a conference there. So let, let's just move on. But um, last question now, we'll wrap things up. But Matt, you're, uh, let's say you're speaking, you've come to the Inspire Growth Conference, you're on stage, you're speaking to business owners, BDMs, uh, and you've got one minute. What's the most important thing that you would like to say in one minute? Be confident, know what you're doing, know why you do it. So know what you offer, know why you offer it, uh, be confident in your responses. And then I would say, uh, just have clear goals. You know, it's, people say, why do you have these kind of crazy goals? It's because if I don't have goals, what am I doing every day my job for? So maybe your goals aren't massive growth. Maybe it's to provide for your family, figure out what that is. And then from there, you can work your way backwards to how you want to do things, how that your work will fit into that lifestyle, how many calls you have to make, how many clients you need. I think that's the thing. If you know why you're doing it, you can figure out how to make it happen. Yeah. And uh, what, how can people contact you if they've got any questions or just want to have a quick chat? Yeah. So they can have my direct email. It's Matt, M-A-T-T at formaticpm.com. That's F-O-R-M-A-T-I-C-P-M.com. I'm always have chat. I do a lot of mentorship just 
for kicks because it's fun. Uh, no, I look, really, I enjoy it. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes, guys. Obviously, I'm not uh, putting them out on, on video for recording purposes, uh, but I'm happy to, in private, talk about how to avoid a lot of the, the stuff that happens. Uh, and anyone can uh, reach out. I'm on Facebook also. Cool. Certainly cool. looking forward to catching up you next time so we can learn a little bit more about these mistakes. I mean, uh, we've made plenty. Um, There's a training session in those mistakes, Matt. Um, and, uh, you know, ab absolutely. They're mistakes that, um, that you know, I'd love to... Uh, uh, hear about certainly one day um, because that that is the pathway and the milestones of success are your mistakes that you make along the way and you have to make the errors the failures to succeed um, you know that's just that that's the way it works yeah absolutely yep all right well let's just wrap things up Matt thanks very much Dennis this is a guy we are going to be keeping an eye on uh, and uh, really appreciate the connection Matt thank you so much for sharing and thanks so much to everyone for listening in and watching in. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, guys.